All right, let's give Jesus one more shout before you're seated today. Hallelujah! All right, you may be seated. I want to put one plug in for children's ministry, uh, and that is my wife Shelly and I, we know we travel pretty extensively, but every Sunday when we're back at CI Florida at Vision Church, uh, she is in children's ministry. Uh, she and my daughter oversee a big portion of that for the local church, uh, and there's nothing more important than pouring into children and seeing them raised up in the ways of the Lord. So I encourage you, if you're not plugged in some way yet, uh, get plugged in. It doesn't mean you have to have little kids uh, to be a part of what God's doing there. Uh, you can carry a mantle and an anointing to impart to them and to impact their lives in a very powerful way. Well, we just came off of a city tour, Washington, D.C. here. Uh, we do one of those a month uh, somewhere in the U.S., and uh, we're in cities like Chicago and Phoenix and L.A., and, and we always put on our schedule Washington, D.C., uh, because this is such a strategic uh, place in our nation. Uh, and so we had a lot of really good breakthrough warfare uh, for a couple of things this week. Uh, one that was that we really took on uh, the spirit of Leviathan uh, and uh, its effect on twisting words and uh, causing people's hearts not to be heard. Uh, so that was one of the things we really tackled this week, uh, along with any antichrist spirit that's really pushing uh, the abortion agenda. Uh, we really tackled that very strong. How I many know there's a war going on for the U.S. right now? All right. And you guys are in a very strategic place to uh, be those that God's raising up to cause righteousness to prevail uh, and to cause transformation to happen. Uh, we've had Ed Silvos with us in uh, Florida. He's got some tremendous stories of transformation and locations you never thought would be possible. Uh, that just by the power of love, uh, he has seen a tremendous transformation happen. So you don't want to miss that uh, when he's with you next week. Well, I want to I share with you one of the things about CI, the mantle that we carry, uh, is the mantle of the prophetic. And probably you're here because you like that mantle as well, uh, because Apostle Malik and Ashley, uh, they very much carry a prophetic mantle, uh, and they are teamed together with us, ordained by CI, to really see that apostolic prophetic mantle uh, released in this region. Uh, and it's very exciting. Boy, I was just here a year ago, and to see the growth that's happened uh, just in one year. Uh, many years ago, Bishop Hammond, who happens to be turning 85 this year in the summertime, uh, he's the founder of our ministry. Uh, he said one time, he said, how am I going to gather people uh, to this vision that you've put in my heart with the apostolic, with the prophetic? Uh, and he said the Lord spoke to him and said, uh, it's going to be like a sound that goes out, uh, kind of like a tuning fork. And when you hit a tuning fork, it makes a sound. And there's going to be a sound that goes out in the realm of the spirit, and it's going to touch people's hearts, all right? And those with like DNA are going to be gathered to that sound, all right? Are going to rally around that sound. And I think that's exactly uh, is what's happening right here at Relentless, uh, and it's happening at CI around the world. Uh, I happen to work with our U.S. ministers. We have about 1,000 here in the U.S. We have another about four to 5,000 global. Uh, and so we do a couple of international trips a year, but uh, there's another director that helps oversee some of the uh, global arenas. So we see God doing great things around the world today, and that there's a real 
uh, timing of the Lord that's being released in this season uh, and in this day and this hour. And what I want to talk to you today about, I felt the Lord stir in my heart, uh, to talk to you about an appointed time of this year of 2019. Uh, we always believe that every year is strategic in the Lord. Every year has its purpose. Every year has its plans that God wants to see fulfilled. Uh, and this year is no different. And one of the key things that's happening this year is that this is a year of birthing, of birthing the new things, uh, things that have never happened before, uh, impartations that you've never received before, advancements uh, that you've never walked in before. This year represents that. And so uh, the number nine, we always like to, or, or I like now, I didn't always, uh, but until about four or five years ago, uh, when people would tell me about the Jewish calendar and the things that would be going on, I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it, to be quite honest, until the Lord really began to catch my attention and catch my heart and uh, made me see that if God really has a timetable that's something different than what our Roman one is, we need to know about it because obviously God's going to be moving on his timetable and doing things. And it's important that we recognize what God's doing in a certain season so we can move with him. And when we recognize that, that's when usually tremendous advancement happens. And so I begin to read a lot of stuff about uh, by Jonathan Kahn and some others that uh, just had a, a, uh, a testimony of things that have happened here in the U.S. and other places as well, but especially the U.S., uh, that was far beyond coincident. You couldn't explain it by probability. Uh, and my background is in science. I'm a chemist, uh, environmental uh, engineer by degree. Uh, so I've studied a lot about probability and stuff like that. And so uh, it was like beyond any of that scope of uh, coincidence, uh, the things that had happened. And so the Lord really caught my attention. And then over just the last few years, he's, he's even done that more. Now, one of the things that the Lord has always spoken to me uh, with, in addition to like his still small voice and visions and dreams, has been he's spoken to me in signs and wonders, all right, and uh, especially atmospheric signs and wonders. And so probably it's been about 10 years ago, I was in Canada, uh, southern Ontario, and it was a summertime, uh, and I touched on the message about Joshua and the hailstones. I went home that night, came back. Someone came up to me and said, do you know what happened last night? And I said, no. And, and they said, it hailed uh, six inches of hail, and they had to get the Canadian snow plows out to plow the road. Right? And so I just thought, well, wow, that's kind of wild. and didn't know exactly what to think of it. But I began to really ponder that and kind of pray about that over the next few months. And I realized the Lord was saying that he was bringing a natural confirmation that he wants to fight with us and for us in the battles we're in, in the same way that he fought for, Je for Joshua. All right? And so I get this revelation, and, and one morning during a worship service at another church here in town, uh, the first time ever, the Lord said, I want you to speak on that. And so uh, I did. Shelly was with me on that trip. Sure enough, before the service was out, it started to hail and snow, uh, and it was so bad that they closed the airports here in D.C. for two days, and we were snowed in to D.C. for two days. And so that was another one. We've had several others that go along those lines. <laughs> but in uh, 2016, um, 
the number for that year in Hebrew was the uh, letter or number Vav, and it actually looked like a tent peg. Uh, and it actually comes from the scripture where it said God created the heavens and the earth, and it means that God Vav them together or connected them together. And one of the meanings for that was that God will connect them like lightning bolts, all right? And so I'm in New York State at a city tour, and I'm ministering this message about Bob and God connecting like lightning bolts our destiny that year. Uh, I go home uh, the very next week on a Saturday. I'm out by my pool, and I see the storm kind of rolling in uh, from the Gulf of Mexico. And I'm kind of watching it. It has a lot of lightning in it, and I like lightning, and I actually have a lightning machine in my office. And so I'm watching this storm, and uh, I remember hearing somewhere that you could always count from the time you see the flash to the time you hear the thunder, uh, and however many seconds that was was how many miles away uh, the storm was. Well, uh, that's not right, by the way. <laughs> and so I'm counting, and I'm getting to like five and six on these flashes and thunder, and I get to this next one, and I'm counting, and I almost get up to seven, and this massive lightning bolt uh, comes out of the sky, grows across all of our palm trees, uh, starts knocking wood off of the palm trees and sends it burning in the air and then strikes our carriage house and blows the roof off on two sides, all right? It sounds like an atomic bomb goes off. And so I'm watching all this, you know, and Shelly comes running out of the house, my daughter, and they say, get in the house, get in the house. But I'm like watching all this and I'm like 20 feet from where it hit. And, and all of a sudden, my son-in-law comes like staggering out of the uh, upper part where the carriage house is. Uh, and I'm pointing to the roof, and I said, look where the roof blew off. And uh, uh, he said, oh, no, you've got to come inside and see what happened. Now, the first thing I thought when this lightning bolt hit was, this is great, all right? Uh, this is God confirming his word that he's going to connect destinies like lightning bolts this year, all right? And so it wasn't like a fearful thing or it wasn't like a, a negative thing. It was like, this is, God, this is great. This is God confirming what he wants to do. And so then I go inside our carriage house, and there's three-foot holes blown on the inside. It actually knocked him down, blew like shrapnel drywall over him. Uh, we had the fire department come and, and police, and it made the news that night. Uh, but all the time I knew that uh, God was in it and that he was saying something uh, concerning that year about what he wanted to do. And so I was very excited, excited prophetically about that. Now, it sounds like it was devastation and destruction, uh, and it was. It knocked out a lot of stuff, our ACs and a bunch of other things. Uh, but when a, our insurance man came to kind of look at the situation, he, came, he comes in, and I'm, like, pointing out different things that aren't working. Uh, and he said, oh, no. He said, with a, with a massive strike like this, he said, anything that was plugged into an outlet, you need to have replaced. All right? And so that meant all the TVs, all the computers, anything you can imagine, you know, uh, that you can imagine your house plugged into an outlet, uh, we had an upgrade, all right? And it ended up to be about a $70,000 positive upgrade, all right, from that lightning bolt. And so, uh, so then last year, uh, for 2018, the Lord gave me a word. Uh, I'm going to kind of watch my time here to stay on track here. The Lord gave me a word, uh, and the word was 
that this year is going to be open doors in the eye of a storm, okay? Open doors in the eye of a storm. And I knew what God was saying. He was saying we live in a, an area, you know, where we have hurricanes. And I knew he was speaking to me about that if we really wanted to advance in 2018, we were going to have to take our major battles head on. And we weren't going to be able to skirt around them. We weren't going to be able to, uh, you know, move them in another way. But we had to confront whatever that was head on. And he, he was speaking to me like the very way you have to go through the eye wall of a hurricane, we were going to have to take, our, take on our battles in 2018 and fight through the eye wall, which is the strongest part of a hurricane. And when you do that, then you get into the eye of a hurricane. And in the eye of a hurricane, it's very peaceful. Uh, you look up, you see blue skies, uh, there's no wind. It's like a bright, sunny day on the inside of a hurricane, even though there's destruction happening everywhere else. And so he gave me that word going into 2018. And then little to my uh, knowledge at the time, in October, we have a Category 5 hurricane uh, hit Panama City, uh, where we live. That's the nearest uh, large city. And uh, it was totally devastating. It wiped out the city. It wiped out a major air base called Tyndall, uh, where there were homes. There was nothing but slabs of concrete. Uh, you couldn't recognize the streets in the city. Uh, after that, you didn't know where you were. It was just like a, a bomb went off. And actually, uh, people had to battle really trauma and uh, post-traumatic stress uh, just from being in that situation and uh, even the workers that had to go there and work. And so, you know, I didn't really expect it to be exactly like that and didn't necessarily see this hurricane uh, Category 5 coming that year of 2018. But I did know what God was saying prophetically about that and what we needed to do. And so when this happens, a hurricane happens, um, we get a call, and it's from uh, someone that asks us if at Vision Church uh, we could house some first responders, about 30 first responders. And uh, we thought like firemen and, and policemen and things like that. And we have some people in law enforcement and have been in the fire department. And, and they said, yeah, they won't, they won't, will be real easy to take care of. They'll bring sleeping bags, you know, and we'll hardly know they're here. All right. So we say, okay, uh, we'll, we can do that. And so uh, we say yes. And so uh, the first night, uh, when we open the doors, we have about 30 people that come, all right, that show up. Uh, but right away we see uh, they're not first responders, all right. They're not firemen. They're not policemen. Uh, they are day laborers that got uh, assigned kind of by uh, temporary agencies to come and be a part of demolition crews and cleanup crews and, and things like that. And so uh, the first night we had about 30 uh, the next night, uh, we have about 100 uh, that show up. Uh, they all know the key word, and the key word was this guy's name, all right? So if you knew this guy's name, you got in the door, all right? And so um, I think it kind of got spread around after a while. But anyway, so we had 100 the next night. The next night, we have 150. The next night, we have 170 now that are in our church uh, 24 hours a day. Um, and it's a really, really rough crowd, all right? 
uh, both guys and girls that came from a lot of different locations, uh, a lot from the New Orleans area, um, and really come from rough backgrounds. And when I first heard about this, the, the word that came to me was that this is like an entrapment or this is like a form of slavery uh, that's happening. And they were promised great things when they initially heard about it, to, had promises of being in hotels, they had promises of a certain wage uh, that they were to get, uh, and none of that happened, and none of that was true. And so most of them spent the last penny they had to get there, right, uh, to get to Panama City. And uh, it took them three hours to go from our church into Panama City, which normally is like a 30 to 40 minute drive uh, because of all the devastation. And it took them three hours to get home. So they get up and leave like at 4 a.m. and wouldn't get back till 8 at night. Uh, and it was really like they were entrapped. They couldn't get out. They didn't, wouldn't, well, didn't have money to go back uh, to where they were. Uh, they didn't get paid on time. They didn't get the amount of money uh, that they should have gotten. Uh, so it really was kind of a form of entrapment and slavery uh, that happened during that time. And so, uh, uh, and so now we have 170 people in the church, you know, 24 hours a day. Uh, and so we now have to begin to have some uh, new guidelines and rules for CI, all right, uh, on, for our church. And the new rules are things like no sex, no drugs, no guns, no fights. You know, that's kind of what we need uh, to maintain control. Uh, we have a smoking door, like one of our exit doors is a smoking door that if you want to smoke, you go out that door. Uh, and overall, uh, they, they really were good. They were very respectful uh, in general of everything. The only real problems usually we had was at night, uh, they'd be out in the woods around CI smoking pot, right? And so our neighbors would call and uh, say, you know, they'd be outside smoking pot and stuff, you know. And so, uh, so during this time, we get really close to them because my wife and my daughter oversee, like, their f the food program for them, and they get, like, one hot meal a day, and it's at night, and so uh, they cook them something, have a lot of ladies team together to make all that happen. And so we get really close uh, to a lot of them, especially the leaders. There were these uh, three guys that were kind of like the leader of the group, and one was put in charge, and he was a young guy with dreadlocks, and uh, he had two buddies uh, with him, and all these guys were like 6'4 to 6'8, all right? Uh, some were, one was a pro basketball player uh, that played basketball in Poland, and uh, just a, kind of a wide gamut of, of things. But uh, we give him the mic one night to talk to the people uh, and give them instructions, and all he said was, if you go through this door, you're fired. If you do this, you're fired. If you do that, you're fired. If you do this, you're fired. He gave him like five or six like guidelines like that, and that was it. All right, didn't say anything else to him at all. And uh, I'm standing next to this young uh, minister of ours, and I nudge him and I say, "Hey, maybe that's a new leadership style that would work in the church," you know. <laughs> but uh, we got really close to him, and. And uh, even after they were at CI for a while, uh, several came to our house. Uh, but it was interesting. The way they, they first got there was this one said, I, I think we ought to go to Panama City and work on these demolition crews. Uh, and, 
and his buddy said, I don't want to go there. He said, if we go there, we're going to have to stay in a church, and I'm not taking my girl and staying in a church. We're just not going to do that, you know. And this, and this one guy said, the, kind of the biggest guy said, no, we need to go because we need to get the blessing that God has, all right? And so that's how they actually all ended up uh, coming there. You know, God orchestrated their, their footsteps. And then uh, typically they would work every day, but this one that was the second Sunday that they were there, for some reason they didn't have to go to work that day. So uh, a lot of them came to church that day. Uh, and about 70 of them get saved, all right? At church, we have water baptisms in that begin after that, and a lot of them get water baptized and, uh, you know, have a whole new start in life. And so if we ever would have thought, you know, we're going to have a hurricane evangelism program, that wasn't, wasn't on our scope to begin with. But what the Lord really began to tell us and show us was, are, you, are we really ready for the harvest? All right. You know, it's been prophesied we're at the time of the greatest harvest ever that we're going to get to see, I believe, in our generation. And the question is, are we really ready for that? You know, and, you know, if you have 2,000 new people come into Relentless, you know, next Sunday, uh, are you ready for that? You know, what would happen? And so... <laughs> So we got to be thinking about it. I like it. you got some small groups going. I think that's a big key. Uh, we, we need discipleship that happens, you know. And, and one, of the, one of the difficult things was actually taking them from one level to another level quickly uh, because most of them had lived in a, a state of welfare their life. Uh, and um, like my son, he gave uh, one of the young men a truck uh, that he had. And then later we find, a few weeks later, that he's back in New Orleans with a truck. It's on the side of the road. doesn't have gas to put in the truck again. And so it's like discipleship is so important uh, as we see the harvest come in. And we really have to be ready for that. But then I want to talk to you about this year of 2019 uh, because the Lord uh, spoke some things uh, to my heart about, about this year. Uh, one thing he talked about was kingdom freedom. Uh, and that, that word is actually up online at CI. You can find it there. But I want to talk to you a little bit about what he said to me after the first of this year. Uh, this year of 19 is known to be a year of birthing, all right? Uh, the actual nine in Hebrew looks like a womb, and so it has to do with birthing uh, new things. Now, one of the interesting things is with CI, uh, Bishop Hammond uh, many years ago asked the Lord, he said, who is CI supposed to be in the body of Christ? And since we're very prophetic, he thought, well, maybe it's going to be we're supposed to speak things. Uh, maybe it's supposed to be that we're, we're eyes and to see things of the future. Uh, and so he was really surprised when the Lord spoke to him and said, you're called to be a womb in the body of Christ. Right? You're called to be a womb and birth things. And so this year is like a matching up of both our destiny call at CI and, and your call as well, uh, because you're related uh, to Bishop uh, through your connections and ordination uh, with CI for uh, Apostle Malik and Ashley. And so uh, this is a year where it's like a double portion birthing year, right, uh, for new things to happen. We're doing a lot of new things in Marketplace Ministry. We're launching some new master classes. We're really believing that God's going to impact 
uh, and transform and bring transformation, uh, not just behind the pulpit, but out in the marketplace uh, where you are every day. That's really where you carry your weight of influence. Right? And that's where you individually are able uh, to see great things happen around you uh, because of Jesus in you, and he is our hope of glory. But uh, the Lord began to speak to me about this year of 2019 and said it was to be a year where God wants to birth hope in the hearts of people. All right? uh, he wants to birth hope. And so uh, when he said that, you know, I, I kind of looked up some of the hope scriptures and uh, let me read a few of those uh, to you, uh, just to give you a, a couple of those. Uh, and when we, when we actually think about hope, uh, usually when you think about hope, it means that you want something to happen, uh, or it means that you're desiring something to happen with an expectation that it's really going to be fulfilled, all right? It's not like a false hope. It's not like you don't think it's going to happen. It's something uh, that you really believe is going to happen and that you uh, want to happen. And then there are uh, several uh, scriptures that talk about hope. I'm just going to read a couple of them for you. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Uh, Romans 15 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And then in Colossians 1.27, it says, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And it talks about in Ephesians that one of the purposes of the church is to make known this mystery, which is Christ within you, the hope of glory. And so that's why transformation can happen. That's why change can happen. That's why miracles can happen. It's because if Jesus is alive in your heart, you have the power to bring transformation in the places you are. You can shift atmospheres uh, by what you say and what you speak and what you do. And so I'm, I was really excited about this. And um, we have four grandchildren. How many of you have grandchildren? All right, a few here have some grandchildren. We have four. They are uh, six years old, four years old, two years old, and a little over six months. And uh, the little two-year-old is my son's little boy. And, and my son is 6'6", six, six, so he's a big guy, all right? And his little son now is like two foot tall, so he's a little blonde-haired thing that uh, looks really funny when they walk together, uh, the difference in sizes. Um, but he's, uh, his, and his name is Gail Sheehan, just like mine, all right? So we have the same name, which was kind of wild to try to figure that out for a while. But then if anything bad happens around the house, you know what I can say? Gail did it, right? So <laughs> but uh, uh, he's funny because he thinks that his blanket puts him to sleep, right? He thinks his blanket puts him to sleep. And so if he's really tired and he wants to go to sleep, he loves that blanket, all right? And you can't get it away from him. He holds on to it, and, and usually he does fall asleep pretty quick. But you know what? If he's tired and he doesn't want to go to sleep, he does not want that blanket to touch him, all right? And so he'll take it and he'll pitch it away, you know, when he's fighting sleep, and he'll pitch it out, you know. Uh, and uh, it's kind of funny, but the Lord really began to speak to me about this year and hope 
and how sometimes we have blankets of hope, all right? And sometimes because we've been disappointed, sometimes because something didn't work out the way we wanted it to, uh, sometimes because of maybe physical health uh, that challenged or a death or uh, a financial failure or whatever that may be, uh, whatever happened in the past where it was very painful and very hurtful, we're kind of like him and we don't want these blankets of hope to touch us anymore, all right? And it's like we almost pitch away our hope before it's able to really empower us to see the manifestation of what God really has for us in this season. Because it says that faith is a substance of things hoped for. All right? So the first thing that needs to happen many times to birth us into the new thing that God has for us is we have to have hope stirred in our heart. There has to be an expectation of fulfillment to happen. And if you've had a result that didn't turn out that way, it's not real easy to step back into that again. All right? And so I know what the Lord wants to do this morning uh, is he wants to break off every assignment of the enemy that would cause you to throw hope away this year uh, because of anything that's happened in the past. Uh, this is a year where God wants to birth hope in your heart to see things happen that have never happened before because we're on God's timetable for birthing this year. All right, so I'm just going to have you stand with me, if you would, this morning, and I just want to make some decrees over you, uh, and I'm going to ask uh, Ashley and Malik, if you guys would come up, I just want to lay hands on you guys today, too. All right, just lift your hands up to the Lord this morning. Father, I thank you for each person here today, Lord, that you have brought them for such a time as this, and Lord, that you have aligned them for destiny for such a time as this. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I come against every assignment of the enemy that would cause them to throw hope away this year because of anything that seemed to be defeat or failure that would have seemed to have been like a battle that was lost. And Lord, we break the power of the lie of the enemy. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that as they lay hold of the hope blankets that you have for them this year, it's not going to lead them to sleep but it's going to lead them to great victories. And so, Lord, I just decree that. Over business arenas, God, I decree the prosperity of the Lord to begin to arise. And those that have had failed businesses, we break the power of the failure. Father, in homes and families, Father, where there's been destinies that uh, were, uh, those are seem to uh, have not walked in your truth and have not moved forward in your plan, God, I break the shackles that hold them back. And, Father, we decree hope, Father, for destinies to be fulfilled this year. And Father, I awaken ministries now within the heart of each person, Lord. God, your word says, Lord, that if we're born again, we're a full-time minister. No matter what we do, we're called to minister for you. And Lord, I awaken now, Father, those gifts and anointings that have been dormant until this time this year, 2019, and we decree now an awakening to come to them. And Father, I thank you now for Apostle Malik and Ashley and, Father, I lay hands on them. And, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are awakening hope in their lives this year. 
For the Lord would say, son and daughter, even as a natural birth is happening this year of 2019, the Lord would say that's symbolic of the birthing of the new things that I'm doing in you and through you, and even in the midst of this ministry, says the Lord. And the Lord would say, know that there is a rallying cry that's beginning to go out. Uh, there's that sound of the tuning fork that's going to gather those with uh, similar DNA, and the Lord would say that they're going to begin to unite for a purpose and a cause, and the Lord would say that I'm going to raise you up to have a voice even in this region, says the Lord. And the Lord would say that I'm going to open up some doors, uh, even into governmental arenas in some new ways over these next two and three years. And the Lord would say even moving into 2020, uh, the Lord would say even in a, a very contentious time of an election season, uh, God says I'm going to give you a voice of righteousness that will prevail and many will see truth for the first time as you begin to release those words and declarations and decrees, says the Lord. And so the Lord would say, uh, prepare, prepare for days of acceleration. For the Lord would say that even as you've been willing uh, to allow a foundation to be laid stable, and the Lord would say that even as you have received input from many and wisdom from many about how to build a strong structure, how to build a strong foundation, uh, the Lord would say that this is going to begin to cause you to enter in this year of 2019 into growth years. The Lord would say this is a birthing of growth years. And the Lord would say you're going to see facilities line up with my purpose and with my plan. The Lord would say you'll see the finances line up with my purpose and plan. And the Lord would say you'll release those prophetic words that will shift and transform this region in a strong and a powerful way. And the Lord would say that even as I've put within both of your hearts a great passion to see captives set free and to see prisoners of war released from the kingdom of darkness. The Lord would say there'll be a wave of evangelism uh, that will even begin to wash over you this year as well, says God. And the Lord would say it shall touch many even within the congregation, uh, within this house. And the Lord would say they'll birth many into the kingdom and bring them in for such a time as this. And so, Father, we just seal these words now. Father, for Apostle Malik, and Ashley today, Lord, and we decree this year of 2019 to be the birthing of the new and the birthing of the good that you have for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's lift one more shout to the Lord today. Hallelujah. All right. Thank you for listening to the Relentless DC podcast. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Spotify. For more information about Relentless DC, go to www.relentlessdc.com or facebook.com forward slash relentlessdc.